The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus went through one town and village after another, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? Jesus said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. When once the owner of the house has got up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then in reply he will say to you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But the Lord will say, I do not know where you come from. Go away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrown out. Then people will come from east and west, from north and south, and will eat in the kingdom of God. Indeed, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. In the gospel, we heard of a question someone posed to Jesus. Will only a few be saved? The unnamed man basically asked Jesus if, at the end of time, the kingdom will be full or empty. Will most make it into heaven, or will many be condemned? The question continues to be asked today because Jesus didn't really answer it. Instead, our Lord flipped it around. Strive to enter through the narrow door. The question about how many will get into heaven isn't nearly as important as the question, will I get into heaven? Now, I don't know any Greek, but I've read that in Greek, the word Jesus used for striving is the same that's being used to describe Olympic contests or fights. Jesus doesn't tell his followers to try to enter through the narrow door of the kingdom, but to strive to do so. For the next few weeks, we'll reflect on this task of striving that Jesus has set before us, and we'll look at what it is that we're to strive for. Of course, we're not going to be able to answer that question, will only a few be saved? Only God knows that. But we can reflect some on heaven, hell, and how those truths make a difference for us today. We'll start with the most important truth. The narrow door Jesus mentions, it's an open door. It may be narrow, but there's nothing preventing anyone or everyone from passing through it. There's no mention of a guard or bouncer at the door. There's no key or secret password needed to get in. The door to the kingdom is open for all those who wish to pass through, and 
we definitely want to keep that in mind, especially in light of another important truth. At some moment, the door will close, and it's possible for some to be left out. Jesus spoke many times about hell, so Christians have never been afraid to consider its reality. We believe in the existence of terrible things. Death is terrible, as is war and justice and pain. We wish these things didn't exist, but they do, and as a people of truth, we acknowledge their existence even if we've never had first-hand experience of any of these things. Likewise, we wish hell wasn't real, but Jesus has told us it is, so we acknowledge that. The thing about terrible things is that God didn't create any of them. We did. Death and war, hunger and poverty, even natural disasters and disease are all man-made, and that's good news. It's good news because it means all terrible things are limited. No part of God's creation can ever make anything as wonderful or as powerful as what God can make. I was in a city once where there's this great basilica that's been under construction for near 100 years. The tour guide went into great depth, describing the effort of so many engineers, artisans, architects, and others while building this masterpiece using the latest and greatest techniques and materials known to man. It is incredible. But even if that building captures the attention and awe of thousands for thousands of years, it's nothing compared to what God has made. Terrible things, including hell, are nothing when compared to God and what he's made. So as a people who have been invited to pass through the narrow door into the kingdom of God, we acknowledge the existence of hell, we wish it didn't exist, but we don't have to fear its existence. But maybe we do need to fear ourselves. Jesus has given several descriptions of hell, and they all sound terrible, of course. A more modern description I've read illustrates hell as a city so huge that the residents never have to see one another, nor do they want to. They are so self-absorbed, so concerned about themselves, that they want to keep entirely to themselves. They're willing to surrender all joy. They're willing to exist in isolated misery to protect themselves from any possibility of pain. Personally, I like this description because if I think of the moments that have been most joyful, I find I'm usually not focused on myself at all. At all. I'm sharing myself and more concerned about what others are sharing on what is mutually shared. Joyful moments are free of thoughts of self-preservation. We don't worry about being hurt, taken advantage of, or betrayed in joyful moments. Such thoughts would ruin all joy. Jesus is the best example of this as one who found ultimate joy in sharing his very life with his beloved creation. When we're more, instead, when we're more concerned with ourselves, um, instead of joy, we're filled only with thoughts of ourselves. We may think of ourselves as better than others, and pride takes root. 
Or we may think of ourselves as worse than others, and despair takes hold. Or, uh, or we may think of ourselves to be neither good or bad, and then lose all desire for growth, and life becomes dull. To me, these kinds of self-absorbed existences sound a little hellish. But for Christians, hell isn't the focus. Jesus mentions the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, not to scare us, but to reveal what he's going to do about it, to send us an invitation. And this brings us back again to that most important truth. At this time, the narrow door to his great kingdom is wide open. He doesn't call on us to fear, but to strive. Send your spirit on your people, O Lord, so we may always strive to enter through the narrow door. Guide our hearts so moments of joy here dispel all self-centered thoughts and keep us mindful of the eternal joy you promise. With Jesus as our example, we wish to put others first, love you above all, and reveal your love to the world. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.